The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. You are what you eat on the Hard Shoulder. Now, exactly, you are what you eat, and how much do you actually know about the food you're eating and putting into your mouth every day? It is that time of the evening when we look at exactly that. TV chef and mindful eating coach Ashling Larkin has joined me again to take a closer look at some of the foods we eat. Hello, Ashling. Good evening. Hi, Emmett. How are you doing? I'm very well indeed. What are we talking about today? Something very strange that never, ever gets discussed. <laughs> we are talking about corn. Corn. So Maize, yeah. as we sometimes call it. Exactly, yeah. And it's one of those ones that it's so perfect for summer and kind of the end of summer. It has that brightness. It has that gorgeous yellow color. It has that sweetness that's so kind of reminiscent of summer. But then heading into kind of the autumn, the harvest season, it's one of those classic kind of harvest um, vegetables and grains. So it's a bit of an unusual one in that it is a grain and we use it and eat it as a grain. And we also use it and eat it as a vegetable. Now, tell us a little bit about its history, because I would associate it possibly wrongly with the United States and North America generally. I mean, there just seems to be corn everywhere. They obviously feed it to cattle at some of the time. I mean, just tell us a little bit about its history more generally, globally and so on. Yeah, so I suppose going way, way, way back, we are talking probably eight, nine thousand years ago. Um, you're looking at kind of more Mesoamerica. So you're looking at Costa Rica, Nicaragua, Honduras, El Salvador, Guatemala, all of those areas is where it was initially traced back to. So they've carbon dated the first corn back to about four and a half thousand years ago, um, where it began. Now it didn't begin as what we know today and consume as corn. It was something slightly different. It was a grass or a grain um, known as teosinte. Um, and it was more, I suppose, much more tougher, few less kernels on the cob, really tough outer husk. It was more used for fire to be anything. So it took a lot of farmers, selective breathing to kind of get us to that place that we have what we now know as corn today. Now, uh, there's different varieties. Everyone just associates corn on the cob. It comes in cans now. It comes in all sorts of formats. But there is actually quite a, a fair bit of diversity there. Yeah, there is. And even if we, I suppose, stick initially with the the corn on the cob coming into the supermarkets over the next couple of weeks, and I noticed it over the last two or three years, you're going to see the most beautiful, colourful corn. It has these colours of purple and orange and red and yellow. There's almost like hints of black in the corn. Um, And I suppose, look, from a biodiversity point of view and a sustainability, we always want to have different varieties of crops growing and in our diet and in our supermarkets, in our allotments all of the time. So be sure to keep an eye out for those ones because they really, really are beautiful. And particularly, as I said, if you're growing them at home as well, you can kind of, you know, tend to experiment with little different varieties. Now, climate change is throwing off all sorts of strange new combinations. I mean, who would have thought we would have had English wine and rosés and so on. Uh, There's even talk about some Wexford wine coming on stream because we are having these hotter temperatures. Could we start growing corn in Ireland? I don't associate it with this country at all, but maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, no, and it isn't. And exactly for that reason, because of the climate. But actually, it does grow quite well here. If you start it off in your greenhouse, um, I think that's probably the key, and then move it outside. So you'd want to be planting kind of May, June, and then harvesting July, August, September, October, and moving it out. But it does grow quite well. And because it grows quite tall, you can kind of grow other plants underneath. So little lettuces, herbs, and stuff like that. If you're starting to grow it, obviously, from the seedlings, make sure it's covered. Keep all of the little birds and the wildlife life away from it keep it away from any frost anything like that but it does grow quite well here yeah i mean do you you see it happening i mean i see wexford littered with rapeseed at the moment it's a very colorful visual sort of impact when you're driving through any part of wexford i mean could you see corn happening here do you think so 
Yeah, Midlands. Up in the Midlands is a fabulous farmer who grows corn and he harvests it on this about six or eight weeks in the year um, where you will get the most fabulous corn. And one of the things they say about corn is um, run from your vegetable patch to your kitchen with the corn because as soon as it's harvested, the sugars start to turn to starch. So you immediately begin to lose that sweetness. And that's why some of the varieties that have been grown, they're kind of, I suppose, grown and modified for that sweetness. And it's almost taking away from the lovely corn flavor. Um, and if you can get a really good fresh corn on the cob, it's just beautiful. Now, what, what's your reaction to what we do get in the supermarkets? You often has been inside the cellophane wrapping for quite a while. It seems to come from, there's obviously the fairly noxious stuff you get in the cans, although it's, you know, it's held in a can for a reason. I mean, what's your own kind of reaction to the stuff we're served up in terms of corn in Irish supermarkets? Yeah, look, I mean, everybody's doing their best, I suppose. Like frozen corn is good. You know what I mean? You're still getting some of the sweetness. It's frozen as best as possible. But I think there's plenty we can do with it at home to improve the flavor and kind of enjoy it as best we get it, essentially. So there's, I've got gorgeous recipes actually for you today and different ideas that we can do with corn. Okay, well, throw them out there. What, what, what kind of stuff have you got? So I suppose you've got your corn on the cob, right? So really gorgeous way. Just a dab of butter is all you need, isn't it? For I mean, butter it's and salt. simple. Oh, Irish butter, Irish sea salt. There is nothing like it on corn. <laughs> I thought I mean, you just stuck it in the microwave. <laughs> you want me <laughs> you to put water on it as well? <laughs> you can do that as well, as long as you get the butter and the salt. Actually, what's gorgeous is if you boil it first and then if you char grill it or put it under the grill, but mix up a little bit of mayonnaise, a little bit of smoked paprika, freshly grated Parmesan cheese, mix that all up spread it out over your corn a little sprinkle of parmesan over the top and grill that oh my god it is just beautiful <laughs> so delicious so you can do that or you could just do what i do which is just put it in a microwave in a tupperware dish but yeah i, I accept yours is probably a bit tastier you know yeah uh, have you got any other ones yeah well another lovely one is corn fritters so they're like a pancake so you're going uh, to now you're talking flour. yeah Oh, these are beautiful. Self-raising flour, corn, eggs, a little bit of cheddar cheese in there. Again, a little bit of smoked paprika goes really well. You make up what's essentially like a corn pancake or a corn fritter. Fry them off. They go lovely, thick and bubbly. Serve them then with a little bit of chili jam, guacamole, halloumi and a lovely sour cream and onion dressing. And I'm going to put all of these recipes up on my Instagram actually after the show so you can get them. Okay. Another one of my favourites is a chowder, a creamy corn chowder with a lovely enduya crumb, which is delicious. Okay, well listen, I want to ask you about something a little bit, just a slight bit more sensitive as you go through this. What are the nutritional benefits, uh, digestive benefits of corn, please? Yeah, well look, it's gluten-free. I suppose, which is a big one because we use corn. As I said, that's kind of the corn on the cob recipes I've given you, but it's also polenta. So it's a grain. So you can make polenta chips. You can make corn bread. You can use it as a batter for corn dogs. Um, so to know that it's a gluten-free grain is really, really good. It's obviously a carbohydrate. There's carbohydrates in there. You've got your little bit of soluble fiber, your dietary fiber in there. There's a little bit of fat, but it's it's the good fats that are in it. Um, and then you've got, it's lots of vitamin B, vitamin C, vitamin E. So it's a really good veg to include in your diet. Now, I was amazed when I was looking through my notes for this item that you kindly provided us with. Obviously, we know it can be a biofuel, but I'm absolutely stunned to see corn toothpaste and corn deodorant. <laughs> you can't just put that in there without telling us. What, what, what? 
It's incredible. Yeah, they reckon that out of about 45,000 items that are going to be in your supermarket, about one quarter are going to contain corn in some form. So obviously when corn is processed down, it goes to make things like corn starch, corn flour, um, and then that is then produced into something called dextrose, dextrin, maltodextrin. And it's that ingredient that goes into so many things, soups, sauces, ice creams. And then if you move away from the foodstuffs, as you said, it's in toothpaste. So it's made... Um, the dextrose is used to make sorbitol, which is a sweetener. And that's the sweetener that we sometimes find in toothpaste and in chewing gum. Um, it can be used for um, if they're molding things like back to school crayons and chalk and the, the corn flour the corn starch helps to get um, get items out of the moulds hand wash back when everybody was using lots and lots of hand wash during COVID the corn starch is used to make ethanol alcohol um, and so the corn starch converts into glucose it's combined with yeast and it makes this ethanol product that is the basis for hand sanitizer. it is incredible the use of incredibly flexible I mean I'm looking at your list here and I'm actually constructing an entire new vehicle a corn vehicle I've got <laughs> batteries I've got rubber tires I've got spark plugs I've obviously got the fuel as well so I'm, I've got sort of almost all the pieces there the battery I don't need an engine anymore so it's an incredible amount of stuff you just don't see I mean the one thing that strikes me is we don't see it maybe I'm going to the wrong places but you don't see it served up that much in Irish restaurants it's not offered that often yes you can get a corn the cob as a starter but as a, a vegetable accompaniment you don't see it that often is, is that your experience or, or do you think I'm just going to the wrong places no, it is. I look, I look, I think obviously if you go to a certain type of restaurant and it's Tex-Mex food and stuff like that, you're going to get it. But again, it comes back to so many of our Irish restaurants are amazing and we are based on really good, fresh, seasonal produce. And because we don't grow that much of it here and produce that much of it, I think that's why we don't see it as a standalone vegetable on its own. So I think if you are to see it on restaurant menus, it will be over the next coming weeks. It'll be the end of September, that time where um, we'll get all that lovely fresh corn here in Ireland. Yeah, I mean, it's a bit like the avocado issue, isn't it? They're very nice, but they have to be shipped and transported from somewhere else. So I think for it really to catch on, we'll have to get that local growth. I know you're mentioning the Midlands, but we'll need to see it adopted a lot more if we want to see it then playing out on, on supermarket shelves and on restaurants, because that's ultimately what we should be doing, right? Absolutely. And like things like creamed corn, as I said, the chowder, they're just, they're delicious. And when you get the corn and it's fresh and it's ripe, I mean, it's just beautiful. You've got the kind of nuttiness with the sweetness. It's fab. And if you're really stuck, spark plugs, it can be used for, okay. Just things you learn every day in the radio business. Our mindful eating coach is Ashley Larkin. Thanks for coming on The Hard Shoulder. And coming up next, Gavin McLaughlin will be here with our latest business news. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from 4 on News Talk.